Right, welcome back to the DC Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Parkinson, and we're here in the Hyrick House in lovely DuPont Circle with Bruce Panama. And my guest today is Hallie Jastrin Faulkner. Uh, she teaches healing yoga workshops for women who have experienced sexual assault and abuse. As a survivor herself, Hallie has spent the last seven years studying how to use the tools of movement, breath, and mantra to help herself heal. Her Warrior Woman workshops use these same tools to create a safe space where students tap into their own innate healing power. She first learned about yoga in her high school gym class in upstate New York and has been practicing and learning ever since. In 2014, Hallie moved to Los Angeles and was first trained in Kundalini yoga by Krishna Kaur. Did I get that right? Krishna Kaur. Ah, almost. Close. In Kundalini yoga um, and trauma-informed yoga by Kira Hagland. You get that one right? Got it. All right. Uh, she then um, started creating Warrior Women workshops for survivors while going deep into her own process of healing from sexual trauma and post-traumatic stress. Hallie has also spent uh, some time in the formal academic world, earning her master's degree in education from Loyola Marymount University and her law degree from the George Washington University Law School, then working in education policy for over a decade. She's honored to have taught Warrior Women workshops for sexual assault survivors in cities including Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Diego, New York City, Washington, D.C., and Rochester, New York. She's grateful to spend her downtime at home with her beautiful wife, Rachel. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank Hallie. you. It's like my whole life in I know. 30 seconds. <laughs> You've been listening to the DC Yoga Podcast. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Um, we do want to uh, put a warning up front uh, for some listeners um, that this uh, episode um, is going to have a discussion of trauma and uh, sexual abuse and so uh, may have um, uh, trigger moments for, uh, for some listeners. Um, so uh, just to be upfront about that uh, before we get going. Thank yeah. you. How are you feeling today? I feel pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm six months pregnant. Congratulations. Yeah, That's you. wonderful. And so uh, I had to pee this morning, but like when you're How pregnant many times, really? And you have to pee, like it feels like an emergency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think the amount of times I mean, stopped counting a long time ago, but that's my big news for the day. Yeah. yeah. I had to pee really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, I, I don't have children myself, but I get the impression that. Uh, Life gets a lot more um, immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Very physical and very visceral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess we'll start at the beginning. You found yoga in high school. How cool is that, right? Yeah, it was cool. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it because you asked the question. Uh, we did some breathing exercises in my high school gym class. I'm sure it was just a day where they didn't have anything else to do. Um, they just handed us a piece of paper and had us try it out by ourselves. And I was kind of like, oh, there's something to this. Like, I, I don't know about doing it in this weird, like, high school gym. Isn't that sort of like the health class where they just hand out the, the pictures yeah, of, like, dicks exactly. and vaginas yeah. and they're like, figure it out? <laughs> uh, sure. If that's what you experienced, it probably was similar to that. <laughs> um, and then I also remember, though, that my mom, I think I was maybe even in middle school, my mom had this one video of, Gurmuk, um teaching a kundalini yoga class, like mm -hmm. a VHS video. Um, and that, I think that sparked my interest to, you know, that same feeling of like, I think there's something here. Like there's something I want to know more about, you know, and I, I feel like now, however many years later, 20 years later as a teacher, like I still constantly have that feeling like, oh, I want to know more about that. Or like, mm -hmm. I wonder how that works or let me get a book on that, you know? So it's cool to just always feel curious as a, as a teacher and a student. So I'm like, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of a yoga neophyte. Like I didn't find yoga until I was probably 35 years old. Right. So I wonder what that's like to not only have yoga be a part of your life for so long, but for literally more than half your life. 
like how do you look back at that and i mean can you separate like the pre-yoga like hallie from like the <laughs> post-yoga hallie you know oh like, my awakening you yes mean? exactly like yeah <laughs> no i um I, I actually think that uh i did yoga kind of more casually and i would dabble in in meditation here and there but i really I think became like a practitioner, so to speak, when I needed it, which is when I started um, my process of like healing from trauma and post-traumatic stress. And then all of a sudden it wasn't like something that I would do to calm down or I would do to stretch or, you know, that kind of thing. It was like, oh, I actually need this every day in order to be okay, like for my mental health to be okay. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's like when my real, I guess, transition happened in the practice. Um, what, so take us back to, so you're doing yoga in high school. Did you do yoga in college? Did you do yoga after school? Yeah. Like, here yeah, and there. Here and there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, when did, so you just sort of started mentioning, when did it really become like something you focused in on? And then what were you hoping to get from it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, because I think a lot of us, like for me, for example, I came to yoga because I I was at a time in my life when I was in a very self-destructive mode mm. and I was looking for not, uh, I was looking for a way that I could help myself get out of that self-destructive yeah. mode. And someone suggested that yoga might be a physical practice, uh, aside from maybe lifting weights or running or cycling that yeah. was sort of bringing out like endorphins <clears throat> and aggressiveness in me where yoga was sort of a practice where I could get a physical workout and at the same time practice, um, being more compassionate. Yeah, I hear you. I think for me, it's really funny. I think I probably subconsciously needed it more than I like consciously thought that I need this in my life. So when I was in my kind of mid to late 20s, I moved to Sacramento. I didn't know a single person. I went for a new job. I was fresh out of school. And there was a studio a couple blocks from my apartment in downtown Sacramento. And I found a kundalini yoga class there that I loved and a teacher that I loved. And so that kind of became like the first place I felt comfortable. Um, and I think now that I think back on it, like subconsciously, my mind was getting ready to let go of some of a lot of the trauma that I've been holding on to. But I just kind of thought at the time, like, oh, I really like this teacher. Oh, I really like this mm -hmm. class. Um, and then, so I started working with that teacher more. I started taking the class more. I did um, like a 40 day sadhana, like a morning practice where you go every morning early mm -hmm. and um, got into the habit. Cause I believe that 40 days creates a habit. So got into the habit of waking up early every morning, doing yoga movement and meditation. Um, and, and that really, was the foundation of how my life changed. Um, because once I had that, f that practice, that morning practice and the, the 40 days under my belt, so to speak, then kind of my heart started unlocking, my body started unlocking and all these um, uh, traumas and like repressed memories that I had blocked away for what I thought was forever started kind of coming undone. And I think that happened because I had created that foundation of the yoga and meditation that would carry me through the really depths <laughs> of lows mm -hmm. that come with actually processing trauma and grief and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, when you, so when you first started taking Kundalini, you, you hadn't done, like you had just been kind of a, a passive yoga kind of not passive but you know what I mean like a, a once in a while yoga practitioner yeah I think for me it's hard to like um extract yoga from spirituality yeah so I always have been 
like into learning, as I was saying. So like, you know, reading Eckhart Tolle or yeah. like um, Paramahansa Yogananda and um, in college studying like different Eastern traditions. And so uh, and, and trying different types of meditation. And so I like I, the I, real yoga yoga, like not the asana, like the yoga yoga, as I like to say. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If that's real. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. But because I think we, we, we equate like yoga and asana practice as one and the same thing. And 90% of the people you talk to out there, if you asked them what yoga was, they would tell you like warrior two, like mm. that's yoga. You know? Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't think that's, that's not a wrong answer. It's just an incomplete answer. Right. Yeah. I think it, um, I think it means different things for different people. And I see, you know, especially in working with like the students and the women that I work with, like just different things, different approaches work for different people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what yoga is for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then how long after taking the class did you decide, okay, this is like pretty cool stuff. Like maybe I want to teach this to other people. I decided after about, I think, three people had told me like, hey, we could really see you as a teacher. Or like, oh, you're not a teacher yet? Like we assume that you were. Uh and I don't know, I just was like, okay, like this is something I want to do. And it's fascinating to me to look back on because, um, you know, as you mentioned, the teaching I do now is um, I teach healing yoga workshops for women who have experienced sexual trauma. But when I started my teacher training with Krishna Carr in Los Angeles, I didn't know that's like why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. um, again, like I think my subconscious was guiding me. I just thought I want to be a teacher, but I didn't quite know how, like how or what that would look like. Mm -hmm. So after I left Sacramento, moved to Los Angeles, that's when I found Krishna and signed up. For the so tell training. us, tell us a little bit about uh, yoga in California, both in both <laughs> in both in Northern and Southern California. Oh man, I miss it. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. I mean, there was you know, there's a lot of preten pretension, especially in Los Angeles around yoga, like there a is lot anywhere of pretension else. Pretension in DC around yoga, yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I found like a little nook that I really loved. Um, my teacher, teacher Krishna Carr, um, she's an African-American woman born and raised in Los Angeles, teaches and trains all around the world. But every Monday night in Los Angeles when she was in town, she had uh, Kundalini class yoga there. She said it's 7 to 8.30, but it went like 7 to 9.30. It was just one of those things where everyone comes in her living room and she clears out the space and um, have people from all different like cultures and communities and walks of life, Spanish, English, and everything um, else. And it was really a nice, beautiful community space. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. was my yoga space in LA. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there are, there's like literally thousands of yoga studios in LA, right? I mean, it's like, Probably. One the, it's one of the capitals of <laughs> yoga, right? Yeah. I mean, on every block, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. God, it's like heaven. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when did you come to DC? I came to DC in January 2017. Okay. Was that like two years ago yeah. almost? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you came, you were in California until then? Wait, no, I think it was 2018. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm blaming that on my pregnancy. I don't know when I moved here, <laughs> almost two years ago. Um, and you still, and you did law school here? Yeah, at GW. That was a while back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was, that was in a previous, a previous incarnation. Yeah. Went yeah. to California, then I came back to DC. My yeah. wife wanted to move back to the East Coast, so I said, okay. Mm -hmm. um, when you were out in California, were you mainly a yoga teacher? Like once you did the yoga, the Kundalini training, or did you or did you have a day job? Did you have a regular job? I had, mostly I had a day job. Yeah, still do. 
have a day job. Still do a day job. This <laughs> yeah. is not your full time job. No, not yet. <laughs> I know, right? The dream. Yeah. Um, keep your day job. <laughs> I like my day job. You're, it's you're, cool. Yeah, you'll have more money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so when you started teach, you start teaching right after teacher training. Like, tell us about the Kundalini teacher training because we had, of course, you know, Kundalini teacher on here a couple episodes back, but we didn't. We haven't really gone over kind of what the training looks like from a student standpoint. Yeah. So give us like a kind of a like a, a day in the life of Kundalini teacher training. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to say at the outset, um, it was really important for me to say in coming here that, um, as I mentioned, my teacher, Krishna Carr, is a black woman born and raised in Los Angeles. And then she learned to be a teacher from Yogi Bhajan, who was a man born and raised in India and then um, came to the U.S. in the late 60s to kind of spread the practice of kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm like very aware at this point and um, mostly just very grateful for the fact that I've, as a white woman, I've learned this practice from a woman of color who learned the practice from a man of color. Um, and just, you know, want to acknowledge that like the practice is not mine. Like this didn't come from my people and my community. It came from communities of color. Um, so I'm really kind of grateful and, and mindful of, I guess, that like lineage. Mm -hmm. um, so our our teacher training was, uh, I, you know, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but it was in my teacher Krishna's living room for most of the time. Um, we would do really, she really challenged us and really pushed us. That's what she's known for as a teacher. Like physically, you mean? Physically, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I went to a Kundalini class like last month. It was <laughs> Man, killed it'll, me. Yeah, it'll it was kick killer. Your ass. It was yeah. great, man. I mean, I lift, I lift weights for a living. So yeah. you know, when I was in there and we were doing leg lifts for five minutes, I was <laughs> yeah. like, "You got to be kidding me!" Lady. It like breaks like, your spirit, yes, and then it your does. spirit like comes back anew. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I got broken many, many. You know, once a month, I got broken basically, <laughs> physically, emotionally, mentally, and then um, came came back. You know, one of one of our not our lead teacher Krishna, but one of our other teachers, Ram Kiran. He's a really awesome dude. He uh, he said that he loves being a part of the teacher training because we come in like these totally rough stones and then we get polished into diamonds by the mm -hmm. end. Um, and I like that imagery because for me, Kundalini is a you know physical practice, but also a practice of like raising my consciousness and my awareness. And so I, I do feel like by the end, you know, I was like shining in a different way, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that was always there, just wasn't underneath something else. Totally. Underneath so much shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> can I say that of here? Of course. Okay. Go ahead and curse. <laughs> iTunes hasn't caught on yet, so we, have, we don't get the explicit label. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so you learned in a living room and it was what, like a multi-month program? How long was it? I think it was a nine month 200 hour okay. yeah like so one weekend a month and she just taught like uh, like her studio was like her living room that's which that was where she had her studio yeah when she was in los angeles and yeah. then she also travels around the world doing teacher trainings and then you yeah. and so you go out into the world and you have this certificate as a kundalini teacher so what did you do like you like i can't so you, you probably go to studios that teach kundalini yoga and you're like okay i have this certificate. but what about studios yeah. where you kind of want to work and you're like okay so i teach this kundalini yoga <laughs> like what's that conversation like uh, yeah i <laughs> <laughs> i still don't know what that conversation is like to be honest with you like when i um so my teaching now is kind of evolved because i bring in pieces of trauma-informed yoga and kundalini Kundalini yoga and just like my own experience. Um, but I am sometimes like 
self-conscious about the fact that I teach kundalini yoga because um, mostly because I care so much about my students, the women I work with, and I don't want them to be like turned off or pushed away by it because it is different than other types of yoga, like the mantras, the chakra work. I wear white. I cover my head. You know what I mean? So um, I just try to think of it as like movement, breath, meditation, like at the very foundation, you know? Um, I definitely, after my teacher training ended, to answer your question, like, struggled as a teacher, you know, just finding, like, where I can fit in and where's a good fit. I had plenty of classes where, not plenty, but enough classes where no one showed up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, kept going. So if you're listening and you've had that experience, just keep going. <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. I had that all the time yeah. when I first started teaching. It was the worst too. feeling. Yeah. I'm, like, trying not to get down, but I'm, like, totally down about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, tell us, well, so tell us why you wear all white and why you cover head. To be honest, it's mostly because I like it. I like the feeling of it. Um, And that's what I learned from my teacher. Yeah. Um, The white, uh, so Yogi Bhajan taught that the white, it gives off an energy of neutrality, which I like, um, because then when students look at me as a teacher, like, um, it's like a more neutral image um, in a way. And uh, I cover my head, again, because it feels good. I think mostly just kind of like protecting that crown chakra and that really kind of sacred space where we connect with something mm-hmm. outside of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But I'm still learning how well, I want to dress. And yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm totally curious. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, um, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I will tell this to anybody who asks me, I think everybody should try every different type of yoga. I really loved the Kundalini class I went to. And if the Kundalini yoga, wasn't up in you know 16 miles away from where i actually live i would go more often oh yeah i thought it was just it was just it was an amazing experience i loved the breathing i loved the mantra i loved the physical effort of it like it was just it was a great experience it was just it was just really incredible do you practice in your like your house your home at all i do i practice at home okay yeah so Uh, i can send you some like sets you can do on your own are you serious of course i would love that okay cool i would love that yeah you'll like it yeah because we'll see i'm a pilates instructor as well um and i could swear that some of the stuff we were doing in there was just it was just deep core work it was deep core work yeah it was it was great um so um so kind of shifting gears a little bit when do you decide uh okay i have this yoga now we're gonna we're gonna go to more of a uh teaching a yoga as a healing process or is how we're gonna get into um teaching yoga from healing from trauma yeah it's a good question so i think i in order to have that idea i had to be pretty far along in my own healing process. Um, I think, so just to back up in my story, like I experienced um, pretty severe, like physical, sexual abuse and assault throughout my childhood. Um, Starting as early as I can remember, like three or four to when I was like nine or so. Um, And so... I, I learned a lot of coping mechanisms real quick, like dissociating from my body, compartmentalizing um, memories and feelings, mostly just being really fucking tough. Like, I, nothing's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to touch me, like impenetrable. But you could see in my body now, like I'm clenching up. Yeah, like it's armor. not, yeah, it's not like a mm-hmm. healthy way to live, but it was kind of what I had to do to survive. 
Um, and then for many, many, many years, I kind of just like, so when I, from when I was like nine or 10 to when I was like in my late twenties and I had this yoga daily yoga practice, mm-hmm. I kind of just shoved everything in, in a really tightly sealed box, right? Like I wasn't going to touch it. I didn't remember a, a lot of it. Um, I always knew something was there, but didn't want to go there. And then, um, once I had this kind of yoga meditation practice, then like the vault started opening and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I need help with this. So I got a really good therapist and I started EMDR therapy and really was diligent and committed to that daily practice of yoga and meditation in the morning. And so I think for me, like the he- the magic healing cocktail was yoga, meditation, lots of deep therapy and the support of people that I love and probably lots of angels <laughs> around me as well. Um, so... I had about three serious years of of that, like just being deep in the healing. There were many, many like days when um, like every moment was a struggle, like just waking up and being like, oh my gosh, like this feeling again, you know? I think that's just kind of part of the healing process, at least it was for me. So I say that to say that once I finally started getting out of like that darkness, like those three years, then I started having this thought of like, oh, I've actually learned a lot of tools like that I can share. Like maybe this is something that I want to share with other people. Mm-hmm. And then um, when the spark really happened was when I was working this terrible day job, so to speak, that I hated and I quit it. And I asked myself, like, what do I actually want to be You're doing? Throw a little shade here. What were you doing? <laughs> I'm absolutely not telling okay. you. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it just wasn't the right fit for right. me, yeah, as they course. say. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, and I had this moment where I was like, what do I, literally, like, what do I actually want to do with my life? And then the next day, I think I was like walking home from the YMCA in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, I want to teach healing yoga workshops for survivors like me. It was like very clear. Um, and so, yeah, ever since I had that kind of, like, revelation, um, it's been a lot easier to teach. Like, it doesn't feel like a struggle anymore. It's just really a joy because I feel like I've, thank God, like, found the sweet spot with my teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you go to, like, to kind of start the process? <laughs> like, um, like, it's not, it's one of those things, like, where if you, you know, to get trained, right, in trauma sense yoga, I mean, that's not, like, something you find you know, in every town necessarily, even, even, even in any city. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there, there's more and more, thank God, trauma sensitive yoga trainings, because I think, I actually think that every yoga teacher should be trained in trauma sensitive yoga. Um, as someone who lives with trauma and post-traumatic stress, like it's very clear to me when I'm in a class with someone who hasn't had that training, because they just do this whole host of things that like would trigger anyone with PTSD, but they just don't know. Like I can tell that they don't know. It used to make me mad, but now I have a little more compassion because yeah. you know they just don't just know. Ignorant. That's yeah. yeah. Um, so I was lucky being in LA, the mm-hmm. Western Mecca of yoga, so to speak, if you think of it that way, I guess. Uh, there was, you know, a trauma-informed yoga training coming up with a company called Yoga Ed. My friend Kira Hagland, who I highly recommend as a trauma-informed teacher, was teaching it. Um, so it was pretty easy for me to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if anyone who's listening is interested in trauma-informed yoga training, I know that Kira, I recommend her. I think she's coming east um, next year. Um, and then also a woman named Zabi Yamasaki. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in L.A. as well, but she has online trauma-informed trainings that I know are really 
good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I took those trainings. Um, full disclosure, uh, the <laughs> it was supposed to be a two weekend training, so like a forty hour trauma informed yoga training. But the fr- so I went to the first weekend and it was so triggering for me. Yeah. Uh, and it just like threw my nervous system off so much that I actually couldn't go to the second one or I chose not to go to the second one. And then I took a whole year <laughs> to, till she came back and taught that second half. Um, so I think I like that story because, you know, for like, first of all, like I would say, if you have trauma and you're working through it and you're triggered, just like be gentle with yourself and give yourself the time that you need. That was a good lesson for me. And then also I, it makes me proud to think about like how resilient I was to be like, okay, I can't do this now, but I'm going to wait a year and I'm going to come back and like, I'm going to complete this. It makes me fuck to talk about it. Oh, congratulations. That is great. That is wonderful. Um, well, without, you know, getting maybe, uh, well, yeah. So tell me as a yoga instructor, um, what are what are some of those things that as a yoga instructor you go into a class and like I would just do a regular yoga class and I don't think anything is going wrong. What are what are sort of like the top five things that I'm that I would do without even thinking about it that could trigger somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. I wish I'm so happy you asked me. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. So we teach so we teach trauma sensitive in my yoga teacher training. Yeah. And one of the things that I remember was was that. Um, uh, for example, telling somebody at the beginning of class to stand at the top of your mat and close your eyes. Like, and so the instructor was telling me that like to somebody that's a trigger, closing your eyes can, can trigger. Right. So that would be one thing you would, you would say, you wouldn't say just close your eyes. You wouldn't make a command to close your eyes. You would say, come to the top of your mat. And if you would like close your eyes, or if you feel comfortable, close your eyes, Yeah, like something like that. So, yeah, I can think of some specifics of what not to do, but I think what's most important for me to share um, and that I say in some version at the beginning of every one of our woman warrior workshops is like this space is completely your own. Like your practice is your own, your body's your own, your mat is your own, your voice is your own. So like everything that I teach is 100% invitational. Like I'm gonna give you suggestions, I'm gonna give you tools, I'm gonna share what has worked for me or what feels good for other people. But like this class is yours. Um, The woman who founded the Me Too movement about 10 years ago, Tarana Burke, um, says that if you're a survivor, the one thing we all have in common is that there was at least a moment where we didn't feel like we were fully in control of our bodies and what was happening to our bodies. And so my classes, my yoga classes, should feel the opposite of that. Like you should be in this room and I'm hoping that you feel 100% in control of your body in every moment. And so I think, and then I say, you know, if you want to lie down or if you hate what I'm doing or if you want to take a walk or if you want to put your legs up the wall, just like do what you need to do, write in your journal, take some water, like whatever feels good. Um, And even just like saying that, I see like people's sh- like sh- shoulders relax a little bit, breath a little easier. Um, I've had plenty of women, even just like when I say that, kind of like cry or get emotional because it's like, it can be such a relief to be in a space where you know that like, not only are you like, where you know that you're supported in being con- in control of your body, yeah. right? So I think just kind of looking at it from that perspective is really helpful and then, because the truth is that like you can never as a teacher or as a human anticipate everything that's going to trigger someone, right? Exactly. Like a yeah. microphone might be triggering for someone or like um, 
an orange can may be triggering for someone, right? Yeah. So like we can do our best to anticipate what triggers are, but I think the most important thing is like saying at the outset, like this class is yours, this space is yours. Um, I do also say like the language I'll use is invitational. So I'll say, if you wanna do this, if it feels good to do this, I invite you to do this. Sometimes I also say, just like what I'm doing. So like, I'm gonna put my hands over my heart. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm noticing how that feels in my stomach. So then it's not even me like giving an instruction or invitation. It's just kind of sharing what I'm doing and then people are welcome to join. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, just cause I feel like complaining right now, the things that are frustrating to me in a class that you know some teachers will do is um, the like turning the lights off or dimming the lights without telling us first. Telling here's what's coming. Right, yeah. yeah. Just like, I think um, any surprises in general. So like if I, if I, as a teacher, if I'm getting up and I'm walking around the room, I say like, okay, I'm walking through the room now. I'm gonna go close the window. Like um, as someone with post-traumatic stress and, and previously a post-traumatic stress disorder, like I like to know everything that's happening. And that's what a lot of us are. Like I wanna know if I'm in this pose, how long I'm gonna be in this pose for. So I try to give you know times always or amount of breaths, right? We'll be here for three more breaths. We'll be here for 30 more seconds. Um, I like to tell students at the beginning of class, like here's what we're gonna be doing. We might shift it up a little bit, but here's a general idea of what we're gonna be doing. Um, all that stuff is really, important to me and then you know the basics as well like don't ever touch me without <laughs> asking first mm -hmm. um and then yeah the closing the eyes thing too really can get on me you're like close your eyes and like have a peaceful moment it's like you don't know what kind of moment I'm well yeah like. that when that's her that's her point you know when, yeah. Di when diana comes and talks is she says you know that the that any kind of like you know things that we would associate with oh just take a long sweet deep breath yeah. you know like that can be like really scary for somebody who's yeah. suffering from trauma like to do something like that and in fact that's probably the last thing they need to do you know and so like it, you know it, you, you don't know and that's and that's one of the things that we right we teach my yoga teacher trainees is that you want to be um as um you want to be, you don't know, but at the same time, you want to try to become aware as much as possible, right? You can't, yeah. you can't just say like, well, I, I, I don't know what's going to trigger anybody, so I'm not even going to look at, it. you know, you, ha you have <laughs> to kind of like go through, you have to kind of, you have to look at these things as well. And it's, you know, it, it's similar to things, um, uh, you know, we had a guest come in uh, a couple weeks ago and talk about like race and yoga. Um, and she was saying, well, one of the things that always gets me is that, you know, when I put my hands on the ground and someone tells me to press into the hands until my fingers turn, you know, red. And it's like when she was saying, you know, well, my fingers don't turn red. So what you're, you're doing here is you're, you're excluding me from like your cue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. you kind of, we do, you, 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 you just don't do it on purpose, but after a while, there's no excuse for ignorance. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do we? So how do you? So do you only teach? Do you teach Kundalini now as well? As well as the, the um, um, as well as the, uh, the the workshops, or do you have, do you have do you have weekly classes? Do you teach Kundalini as well, or are you just doing the workshops now? I don't have weekly classes. I'm just. Um the teaching that I love and the teaching that my, I think my life is for is our woman warrior workshops and yeah. my classes for women with sexual trauma. Um, Tell us how that started. 
how it started. Yeah, how you how did like you start you you had the idea right? You had the eureka moment walking oh, yeah. walking, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and then take us to the next step. Like how, like when did it start? Where did it start? Like yeah, you know what? It's interesting. I think that uh, I wanted to do it for a while before I actually did it because I think I was nervous mm-hmm. and scared. Um, because part of this is putting myself out there as a survivor, which um, can be challenging. And uh, so the, actually the way that I scheduled my first workshop was um, I got really mad. Um, I, I went away, actually I did like a summer solstice, like a week long yoga and meditation um, in New Mexico in the desert. And I got in touch with some like really deep kind of like primitive anger. Mm-hmm. Um, about like what had happened to me and like what so many women go through. Um, And it was that, like, so when I got back from that trip to New Mexico and in 2017, and it was like that anger where I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I need to do this. So all of a sudden, like the fear wasn't there anymore. Um, And it's, it's a helpful feeling for me to come back to if I feel like stuck or nervous or, you know, about something, some part of the work. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, yeah, that anger can be really a powerful and transformative tool if it's used in the right way. Uh, so, yeah, I finally just kind of reached out and scheduled my first workshop and had three women there. Um, I just, I love them still, and I think about them often and um, went from there. So I did L.A. and then San Diego and Sacramento and a few more when I was on the West Coast and then started working out here um, mm-hmm. on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then is it like a day long workshop or it depends or? It depends. Um, so we had like one in D.C. recently, for example, that was a six week series. So it was like an hour and a half each um, each night, each Wednesday night. I think it was for six weeks. Um, I've taught like four or five hour workshops. Um, I'm someday I'm hoping we'll get like a whole weekend on, you know, a beach and do a nice retreat together. Yeah, I'm sure it will happen in some way. Um, But uh, to be honest, I just I love my students so much and I'm open to whatever works for the studio or whoever I'm, you know, organizing with Um, for almost every. I mean, no one else that I know is like teaching classes specifically for women with sexual trauma. And so for most of the women who come to our classes, you know, for the first time, um, it's the the first experience of anything like this, of being in this healing space and practicing, you know, movement and meditation that's specifically geared toward the kind of healing that you want. And even just being in like a really supportive, loving place with other survivors, like all that is kind of a revelation Mm -hmm. in and of itself. so even if we get like 30 minutes or 50 minutes, like I'm just so, so happy and so grateful. So tell us some of the yoga that, that helps. Like yeah. Some of the aspects of yoga that, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much, you know, it's interesting. I have um, the, this little woman warrior YouTube channel that I created. Um, and like I just filmed a few videos in my little meditation room. But the one that, uh, the video of all the four I have that's really taken off has um, a yoga set for heart opening, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know, I guess I was surprised at because uh, sometimes I think heart opening is like kind of trite. <laughs> like, not, I don't think it's trite, but I thought it would appear that way maybe or mm-hmm. like simplistic. Um, 
but I'm taking that as a sign that that's like part of what people really need. I mean, probably not just survivors, but like in the times we're living in, in general. Um, but and, you know, anyone who's experienced trauma and especially, you know, being physically assaulted or abused from another human being. I mean, one of the first instincts, like I was saying earlier, uh. is to like shut down, right? Like close yourself off, uh, be, protect yourself. Um, and that can manifest in our shoulders, our back, you know, that space behind our heart and then in our chest as well. Um, I have asthma, you know, I've had it my whole life. I think it's partially somehow connected with that, right? Like that heart pain or something. Mm -hmm. um, so that's some of the work that we sometimes do in our workshops. Um, we also do, as you were mentioning, like naval work, core work, mm -hmm. um, which can be really powerful for survivors to get in touch with anger, to get in touch with like a sense of reconnecting with themselves, uh, their own power. Um, it can help with boundary work as well, um, especially for people like me who were, um, you know, assaulted or molested like when they were little. That really like throws off a sense of boundaries. Like I, I literally had to learn boundaries as an adult. I was like, oh, this is like what it physical boundaries between people, like the actual. I think physical and also like energetic. Yeah, let's say your energetic boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is my body, and also like this is my energy and my space, and like. I can choose like when and how to like open open this up or not. Um, and so like tapping into like the navel and the core can really help with that. Um, we do um, some some basic like trauma informed stuff. So like grounding, centering, um, I like to shake, you know, like shake your body, just yeah. kind of to reset. We'll take the us through system. some like poses that you would do, like some grounding poses. We're we talking like we're we talking like cat cows, like things like that. Simple poses like that, or we're we talking like yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I like so let's see for grounding. I like s just kind of sitting like cross legged, and then just doing like hip circles, kind of like um, literally like feeling yourself kind of kneading into the ground mm -hmm. in a way. Um, uh, I like standing, so just like kind of mountain pose, but a little bit wider and then like literally feeling like, you know, rocking back and forth on your feet and feeling yourself like connecting with the ground. Um, sometimes we do like some visualization as well for grounding work. Um, I mean, this is real subtle stuff, right? I mean, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not we're not talking we're not doing handstands and crow, right? Like this is <laughs> you, but you know what I'm saying? Like people who yeah. are familiar with asana are going to say like well, or not going to say, but they're going to be like, "Oh, like what is standing like?" Like so I'm standing. Like so what, you know? And Yeah. Like but there's yeah. but there's, you know, there's there's it, it's subtle. Right? Yes. So, it's interesting that you bring that up because like um I don't know. I just uh I guess what part of what I've learned in doing like trauma-informed yoga work is that like less is usually more. Um, and for people with trauma, we're so often like dissociated from our own bodies. Like for most of my life, I like could picture myself or like remember things as if I was outside of my body, like looking at myself, like that's how dissociated I was. Um, so for me, like doing a cat cow, like you said, like that's often the best thing, like feeling my knees on the ground, feeling yeah. my feet on the ground, feeling my palms press into the ground, like feeling what it actually feels like to like move my spine and move my neck. Like, just like you said, like that's really powerful. And then in our workshops, um, 
what I hear from our students, our survivors, is that like ha having that experience of grounding or centering or whatever it is in a room with other women who have also experienced trauma in, in a similar way, like even if you don't talk about it, even if you don't do anything else, just being there together and having that experience is like powerful in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so grounding poses would be one type of pose you would do. Mm -hmm. Other types of poses or other types of breathing that you would do? Yeah, so um, I usually start off, w depending on how much time we have, with some breath work. Um, in Kundalini Yoga, there's like a basic breath series that I use pretty often, um, which it's a, it's a good like 10, 15 minutes of breath work. Um, left nostril, right nostril, you know, inhale nose, exhale mouth, and then reverse that kind of stuff. Um, but mostly I use it to like help, help, um, the nervous system, uh, like reset and rebalance. Um, a lot of students are like nervous when they come to our classes, especially for the first time. Um, so I just, you know, I try to start off with some breathing just to help the nervous system like move from fight or flight to rest and digest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't imagine that's the sort of like the, the tricks of yoga right, is to, like, the physiological responses that we can kind of, like, do right, was, would be something really, really beneficial to, like, learn that you can, you can, I mean, you, can't, you can't cure anxiety, but you can make yourself feel less anxious by Absolutely. doing certain types of breathing. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's so empowering. Yeah, to know that you, that, that doesn't have control over you. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then are you, uh, are you teaching mostly then like a, a Kundalini class or are you going to, yeah, when you do the actual workshop? Yeah. So, um, I, I bring in Kundalini yoga. I bring in different trauma informed like practices. Like we have a boundary setting exercise that we mm -hmm. do. Um, I bring in different types of meditation and then we do different types of cool stuff as well. Like we'll do some drawing, some resourcing, some journaling, some visualization. So I just kind of like bring in all the pieces that I've picked up along the way mm -hmm. that have helped me get to where I am and then I'm sure as you know as a teacher just like trusting my gut when I'm in front of the room and being like I think this is yeah this is what sometimes it's like I think this is right but then sometimes it's like hits me it's like oh yeah this is what they need or like this is what we need in this moment so I mean that I mean geez that's I mean you're so brave to do that like I you know it's no problem for me to stand up and <laughs> you know and Vita fitness and you know southeast DC and just you know talk about yoga and tell people to do things I couldn't imagine standing up in front of a group of like sexual assault survivors and like like how 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 am I gonna help you know, like I would feel completely <laughs> powerless myself. You know what I mean? Like how, like, you know, like. Well, that's because it's not the right space. It's not what's for you. You yeah. know, it's like good for me. I mean, I wouldn't stand up in front of Vita and teach anything. Like, Probably you should. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Because <laughs> I don't have really that much to offer in that space. You know, I think we each have like a space that's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about the project. Like you, you have a website, obviously. Um, we do have a website. Yeah, yeah it's a first step, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, what is it? It's warriorwoman.org, is that right? Yes, so yeah. it's, uh, no, well, no. no. It's uh, womanwarrioryoga.org. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, you can go there, learn more about the work we do. So I keep saying we because uh, we recently founded a nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. Woman Warrior. Um, me and my amazing um, four board members, I love you all, um, and lots of student volunteers, actually. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. 
and uh, you know, we filed all the IRS paperwork, and we told them about all the yoga that we do. Um, shout out to our pro bono attorneys who helped with that. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so the vision is to really expand like the work and the teaching beyond just me mm -hmm. um, and you know the few other teachers perhaps across the country that are doing this work um, you know one in four women probably more has experienced sexual violence and sexual trauma um, in childhood and in adulthood often um, sexual so and then women of color are more likely to experience sexual trauma black women Latino women, um, indigenous women, especially 50% of indigenous women um, experience sexual violence. Um, and then there are other kind of, um, you know, ways in which inequities are, you know, societal inequities are connected with sexual trauma as well. Um, oftentimes there's like landlord tenant assault um, when a tenant can't afford to move anywhere else, you know, a landlord can take advantage of that and assault them. Um, women who are experiencing homelessness are like way more likely to experience sexual violence in the time that they're, um, in, you know, don't have stable housing. Um, so, so yeah, so we, you know, want to, with all that in mind, <laughs> um, we created this organization to, you know, expand this work and, and teach in more places and bring the yoga to more places. Um, and then also um, train other teachers mm -hmm. in how to do this work. Um, we're hoping to have our first teacher training in 2020, knock on wood. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, probably fall 2020, probably in D.C. So um, keep stay posted for that. Um, I guess I should say if you do want to keep up to date on the work that we're doing with Woman Warrior, um, you can join our newsletter. So if you go to our website, womanwarrioryoga.org, you can sign up for the newsletter there. Um, the newsletter itself is like primarily geared toward, um, well, we write it for women who've experienced sexual trauma. So every month we share um, different yoga and meditation-based tools for healing. Um, but you also can read about upcoming workshops and then hopefully our teacher training there. Mm -hmm. Would it be a, is it going to be a 200 hour training or is it going to be like a, I think we'll probably start with just like a 40 hour, a 40 hour like a week long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so yeah, where are you hoping to go in the future? Are you going to open a studio? <laughs> um, no, I don't want to open a studio, uh, but I'm open to what God has in mind <laughs> for us. Um, I'm excited in, uh, 2020 to teach in some new cities. Like I want to get to Philadelphia and Baltimore. Um, I'm really excited for, you know, to develop this teacher training. Um, we, I'm working on a partnership with N street village, which mm -hmm. is, um, yeah. a place for Great women experiencing homelessness. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully I'm going to start teaching some, a few classes there, um, this year, or early next year. Um, so yeah, excited about all of it. I've never been too much of a planner, which I probably shouldn't say as a nonprofit leader. We do have a strategic plan. But if you uh, were a planner, it wouldn't be a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a publicly traded company and you'd be a billionaire. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, riding the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so what I'm really curious about is um, kind of the different aspects of yoga that happens like in the workshops. Um, 
for example, they do lots of studies on what yoga does like to our brains um, or what meditation specifically like does to our brains and kind of how that helps with the healing process, you know, and what type of meditation are, you know, are you, are you going with in the workshops? Are you teaching in the workshops? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've read kind of the Bible of this work, the body keeps the score. So I know Mm -hmm. that the studies are out there, but I guess my number one thing that I turn to is like what feels good for me as a woman, as a survivor, as someone who's engaged in healing. And then what I've known, like seen from experience now feels good for my students. Um, So as I mentioned, we do some breath work primarily as a tool for calming and like resetting the nervous system. Um, As you know, like for people who are living with trauma, our nervous systems are often in fight or flight mode or always in fight or flight mode, just like constantly hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So breath work can be, and you know, it's, it, the research shows and I see it with my eyes, like the breath work can be a really powerful way to shift out of fight or flight mode, which even just that is like such a gift because like, um, you know, it allows your stomach to like relax and breathe. It allows you to literally digest your food. It allows you to digest your emotions and your experiences. Um, and then some of the other meditation work that we do. So in Kundalini Yoga, there are like some beautiful meditations for healing. A lot of a mantra mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, we do a meditation for prosperity, which is something that I love. Um, actually, we have, a, I'm teaching a, DC Woman Warrior Workshop that's focused on prosperity on December 22nd at Yoga District. You can see that on our website. Um, It's like preparing for a prosperous new year. Um, And the reason we're focusing on prosperity and how I sometimes bring prosperity into our workshops is because um, of all the chakras, like the energy centers, the Mm -hmm. second chakra is the one that can be most kind of damaged or affected by sexual trauma. And so the second chakra is like, you know, there's so many beautiful things connected with it. It's like creativity and prosperity and, um, you know, sensuality and sexuality um, and, um, oh, and like emotions, right? And the element of water and like that fluidity of the emotional body. And so, um, you know, what happened to me for sure and has happened to, you know, a lot of survivors I know is that kind of as a result of experiencing like sexual trauma like like that prosperity or that richness in life kind of like shuts down Mm -hmm. um because i think you know prosperity and kind of abundance is just like an energy that we project um but if you've had something like really horrific happen to you um it doesn't really feel like the world is like a beautiful abundant prosperous place no certainly not yeah and so like that energy of like, I can't believe this happened to me. I'm just trying to survive. Like that often like shuts off an energy of prosperity. Um, and so, yeah, so there's like a really, a few really cool like meditations for prosperity that I sometimes bring in. Um, there's even like a full, in Kundalini yoga, full yoga set for prosperity, mm-hmm. which is really cool that we'll probably do at the workshop on the 22nd. So, um, yeah, I kind of, you know, I'm very, intentional I guess when I'm teaching about like what do we want to work on in that moment um and I would say that I kind of um I slowly build up to doing any sort of like hip 
um, pelvis, lower back work. Um, there are different yoga sets that I use when I feel like we're ready as a group to kind of move into that area. Um, but if there's one part of the body that holds sexual trauma, it's definitely like second chakra, hip, pelvis, reproductive organs, lower back, all of that stuff. I can't tell you how many of my students have chronic back pain, including yeah. me. Um, and, and so, so do you stay away from that area or do you try to like target that area when it's appropriate or both? So at, at the beginning of class, like, well, you know, when we're doing warm ups or just like the general things you're talking about, cat, cow, like hip circles, I just like work on it really gently. Um, but there usually there comes a point at, in a workshop or in like a series where I'm like, okay, we're ready to kind of get into it more. Like we built up that trust as a class and as a group. And I think my students trust me enough as a teacher at this point, you know, whether it's hour three or class three or four mm -hmm. or whatever, where I'm like, you know, okay, we're going to be doing this work. And I'll say at the beginning, like we're going to be doing a lot of hip and pelvis work today. Like this can be emotional. It can be challenging. Like, you know, whatever comes up for you is like, welcome here. Please just take care of yourself and like do what feels good and, and don't do what doesn't feel good. Um, so that's when we'll move more into, you know, camel or bridge or like, you know, things like that. Um, even just like breath of fire, right. That like can trigger your lower chakras yeah. more. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, you know, is in intuiting what's right for the, for the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, how do you, how has the reaction been from the people in the classes? Oh man, it's like, so, so good. <laughs> so but, well, here's what I'm kind of, kind of yeah. going towards is like, how do like, because this sounds, you know, like, like, is this, is this therapy? Is this yoga? Like, what is this? Like, can we, can we, I mean, you want to put if, it in a box? I know. Right. <laughs> Shame on me. That's, that's fair. That's all good. That's fair. Um, but no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds to me like something essential, um, and what I kind of am getting at is that I, in my experience of yoga so far, I'm kind of like a, you know, a very intellectual yogi. Um, and I see yoga as a long lineage of mystical, maybe not mystical, of special people who have had special experiences and have told those experiences to other people. And that that is that essentially is what a yoga teacher is doing they have had they have had an, uh, an experience themselves um and they're relating that experience to another person um and i would call that yoga teaching right and so that's a, that is that's what you're doing right and so like that's kind of what i'm getting at is is that this sounds like a very very um traditional type of teaching of yoga in my mind that's cool. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but I like the idea of yoga as just like sharing your life experience. I yeah. think that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, when we go when we go back and you look at some of the yoga texts, right? You look at like the Upanishads or you look at the Gita, or you look at any of these books that were written by sages, right? Or that were started in oral tradition and were handed down from one person to the next. Well, that oral tradition, that's what that is is one teacher telling it to a group of people or to another person and that person learns that yeah. and teaches it to another person and they add their own little bit to it and then it, that's how it works its way yeah. into the culture, right? So it's, it, you know, yoga's never been, you know, people sitting up at the top of a classroom and talking to 20 students and, you know, like that's just a modern incarnation of a yoga, yoga teacher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of beautiful to me the way you described it. I think like... I'm honored to be able to share my experience with my students and then 
more honored that they sometimes share their experience with me. Um, sometimes in class, just depending on the class and the moment and the mood, we'll, we can, you know, sit in a circle usually at the end of class and pass around our little talking stone and people can just choose whether or not they want to talk, just speak from your heart or speak at all, whatever you want. Um, and I'll tell you, I learned so much <laughs> from, from my students, right? Um, cause you know, we're all just learning and we're all teachers and students and, um, you know, sometimes women say things that I'm like, I've had that feeling my whole life, but I never thought to put it into those words, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's really cool. And I can like see them having that similar kind of like aha moment with each other. Uh, so I'm not sure why, but, you know, for especially when we experience sexual trauma, for some reason, there's like usually this societal expectation that like you're not supposed to talk about it or it's not good to talk about it, or it's taboo to talk about it, or whatever. Um, so I think I definitely, I, th I know that part of the process of healing is just like being able to talk about it, whether it's with your sister or your mom or your best friend or a group of strangers mm -hmm. <laughs> or in a podcast. Um, and so, you know, having that experience of like just being able to share with each other or not share with each other. Um, I guess that's the therapy side of the yoga class that you might say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to talk about it would be to admit we have a problem. Right. No, actually, I don't think that it's that. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a part of it. I mean, I, well, for me anyway, it's like I, I think people like to look around and they go like, OK, life is pretty good. And like, <laughs> you know, like, no, we don't go there because, you know, no, they don't do it. I don't think they do it consciously. Yeah. I think it's subconscious. Yeah. Like, I think it's subconsciously they do that. Yeah. Like not wanting to acknowledge how it's affecting you or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then again, we also, you know, that's to me, what's been so effective about the Me Too movement is that when I was growing up, yeah, every once in a while you heard about a case of rape or sexual harassment or something, but there was, um, there were no good examples I can think of where it was, um, uh, God, how do I put this? It, it didn't seem, in other words, those things seemed unique. Yeah. It didn't seem like, okay, this is the way life is and we need to That's change right. it. Yeah. It was these things are unique and they don't happen every day. Right. And, and since then, and because of the Me Too movement, what we're learning is, yeah, it does happen every day. And it's not unique. Yeah. And this is a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I mean, as soon as I started saying like, I'm a survivor, I've experienced this, like everyone else, all of a sudden everyone else had, it's yeah. like, Oh, this happened to me. This happened to my sister. This happened to my brother. Like this happened to my girlfriend. Like it's like you said, it's everywhere. So like part of the process, I think of just healing as a planet, um, not only from, you know, sexual violence, but all types of violence is just like being really honest about the impact and the effects and just first the fact that it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're going to do which, um, which, uh, you're going to have the workshop in December. Yeah. But at which location? It's at, uh, the 14th street location, yoga okay. district. Yep, the one of the yeah. 14th and you, the talent. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. I've never taught at yoga district, so I'm excited. And it's the day after the winter 
solstice, so December twenty second. So there's like a good, yeah. good vibe that time of year. It's, it's I think you'll like it. Um, it's a it's a cool little it's a cozy studio. Okay, it's I a like cozy, cozy. Little stu- yeah, it's a cozy little studio. Yeah, it's, it's got a good energy to it. Yeah, so anyone um, is welcome to come. Um, I would say to all like women survivors out there who are listening, like I'm always here for you if you ever want to reach out. Um, I'm like always sending you love. You're always in my prayers. Um, some people, people are often nervous before their first woman warrior workshop cause they don't know, um, what to expect, uh, or well, for whatever reason. Um, so if you are nervous or you want to ask questions or talk through things, I'm always here. You can get, you know, my email or whatever from the website and I'm on social media as well. Um, I love connecting with, with you. That's like one of the best parts of this work. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we will close with a long time sunshine song. If you'd like, you can bring your hands together at heart center, letting your thumbs nestle into the center of your chest, maybe taking a breath, letting your shoulders relax a little bit, letting your neck relax if that feels good. And feel free to hum along or chant along, sing along, and sending good vibes to yourself and anyone else you want to send blessings to today, maybe even our whole planet. Inhaling to begin. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure light within you guide your way on. Sat Nam. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's so fun. Thank it's, you. I, I can't tell you how um, eye-opening it's been to have you on Aww. the show and like how, um, yeah, how much a pleasure it's really been. Yeah, I appreciate you're a good listener, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so you've been listening to the DC Yoga Podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again sometime soon. <laughs>